0: Like, you don't have to enjoy this. You just have to do it. (laughs) It's okay; You can hate it. You can complain about it. But you still have to put your pants on. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry, but that's what we do. We wear pants. That's what I tell
1: myself every morning.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the Innovation Overground, the front porch of academic innovation, where we Find the coolest university invention so that you don't have to. Thank you for joining us. My name is Charlie Litton. I'm joined by Tyler Cher and Joe Rungi. Tyler is a PhD.
1: Yeah, that's correct. I'm trying to figure out how to read something. I'm, I'm, I'm trying, trying to give I'm you some kind
0: of, uh, I'm gonna say, <laughs> scientific wizard.
1: Oh, you wanted to give me a cool name. Yeah. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Scientific wizard. Scientific science wizard? Science wizard. Yeah. better it rolls off the tongue better okay
0: and uh joe is a entrepreneurial werewolf also known as dr law dog because he's got that
2: fancy like jd which is is. which is like i had to go out of state to get a fancy one
0: so that's like a law degree but like on steroids yes but don't
2: test it (laughs) (laughs) um
0: okay so uh oh wait charlie yes
2: uh, can I please remind everyone to take a minute to leave a rating for the podcast and review it and to tell their friends or acquaintances about the show? Because though we are the Front porcher University-wide innovation, uh, we want as many people parked out in front, possibly tailgating as possible. Yeah. Ooh, no. Tailgating would
0: be sweet. Okay. No, no. We don't, we don't have time for this. Never mind. Um, I, what I do want to go over, though, is um, a PTSD. We see a lot of it in the news Um I mean, it's just kind of ubiquitous now anymore. Yeah, um, and it seems to be—I don't know if it's more recognizable, um, but it seems more wider spread than before. I, I don't know if people maybe just didn't take it seriously.
1: I think maybe there's just increased um, awareness and right. diagnosis. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um,
0: so I don't know. I don't know if it's so. Do we know how? The, just tripping all over myself here, but so the increased awareness maybe helps us understand it a little bit better. At least on some of the signs or the warning signs of it. Sure. And then, you know, so are all the treatments for it just sort of like counseling? I mean, is there anything they is there anything else that they can do for for people who suffer with that sort of? yeah are I we mean calling it a disorder or what do we call
1: it? it? Yeah, it's a it's, it's technically it's post-traumatic stress disorder. Okay. So it is a disorder. yeah, it's a recognized disorder. Um, yeah, about as good as it gets at the moment is either counseling or there are some some prescription medications that, that can, Shows some improvement as well. So is this sort of standard,
0: you know, stuff that that we just that they used to treat depression, or is it specific for I, this know, type of thing?
1: No, um, uh, there's probably some overlap there. I'm I'm not okay. sure on all the details. I'm sure there's, I'm I'm guessing there's some overlap on those those uh, drugs. But there's also some some uh, some recent developments that are really promising as well.
0: Oh really? Okay.
1: Yeah. So uh, one would be um, repurposing uh, what was otherwise associated with with partying. Um, Three, four, methylene deoxy methamphetamine, otherwise known as MDMA, ecstasy, Molly. Uh, this has actually been shown to have some really promising uh, results in the treatment of PTSD.
0: Ecstasy.
1: Ecstasy. Yes. Okay. So
0: this really isn't an innovation then; it's just a new use. Is that what we call it?
1: New use and an interesting. A new s- use is an innovation. Yeah, it is an innovation. Okay, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Excuse yeah. me. Yeah, Shame yeah, yeah. on me. <laughs> okay. Wow. And a very interesting story. Yeah. So ecstasy. So um, for those that are unaware, this uh, it's called ecstasy because you feel just uh an, intense, ecstatic. Ecstatic, intense bliss, pleasure. Um it's it's uh, a non-classical psychedelic known more as an empathogen uh, because you you have uh, strong feelings of empathy for all living things. Get so, out. Empathogen is a class of things. And it's a it's it's an informal classification. What would be yeah. the opposite of an empathogen? An imp- You know. Well, I. A so, psychopathogen? Maybe I guess. Yeah, it's the opposite of em- of empathy. Sociopathogen. A sociopathogen. Sorry, go on. Yeah. No, uh no well, well actually no. Maybe like a um oh what am I thinking of here? Uh anyway, yeah, sorry. I'll I'll let it go. But I, I was thinking the the opposite <laughs> might be instead of feeling for others it would just be kind of going completely inward, maybe. Oh I like oh yes, totally. I've been there. So, Solips-a-gin? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Solipsigen? I don't know. Anyway, okay. Um, moving on. Yeah, so. <laughs> we just um, alienated all of the Latin teachers. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, screw
2: these guys. <laughs> um, okay, so. You know, the Latin teachers was a
0: big part of our demographic,
1: too. We can man, never was, air this episode now. Gonna, a solid that's 25%. Hurt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: It's 25% of four.
2: Hey, we're booked <laughs> at LatinCon still, right? We're headlining that. <laughs> LatinCon. I mean, it is a dead language, but man, those guys can party. <laughs> so,
1: Tyler. So, this, this, this traditionally used in the 80s as a party drug, now being repurposed. And it has an interesting origin story. Um, so, as, as was the case with LSD, um, MDMA was first developed by a large company, Merck, uh, in 1912. Um, and it wow. was a, it was an intermediate compound. They weren't trying to develop some sort of empathogen. Um, what they were looking for was... Because that, that is not 1912. No. They had their chemists working diligently on a workaround of an existing Bayer patent <laughs> on a compound that stopped abnormal bleeding. Um, hmm. And they, they, huh. they stumbled across MDMA as an intermediate. They I have to ask, what's abnormal bleeding? Yeah. So, I mean, excessive like, bleeding. Yeah. Okay. Yeah okay yeah what? so a, a, usually a, a, means uncontrolled bleeding so a, a way to help clotting I guess would be a better way for me to have said that okay yeah yeah compounds that help promote clotting you can edit that out right um right. so so they as, yeah, uh, as was the case with most of these chemists uh, very meticulous they uh, even with the inter- intermediates they tested them still on animals uh, one just to see if they were tolerated non non-toxic um, two to see if they had any interesting effects um, with MDMA. The mice studies yielded non-spectacular results um, in quotes. They're, they weren't able to see anything. The mice weren't able to tell them that they um, felt a unique oneness and love for all living things. So, <laughs> so they, they shelved it. Short, long story short, Damn they mice. shelved it. Um, uh, they circled back around and ended up doing some studies a few decades later, uh, but still found it uninteresting. Uh, the U.S. military... Um, as a part of the project mk ultra that's been <laughs> declassified um, incorporated mdma as uh, along uh, amongst their suite of psychoactive compounds that were so used on how did they know on, it
0: was psychoactive though? I mean if this thing looked yeah, like it Yeah they, they had to
1: have t- tested it on so people before the government yeah someone I mean a lot of these medicinal chemists, you read stories about them and they they tested on themselves at some point. They would start with very small doses and slowly ramp up. They're very curious <laughs> people, but also very 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 safe and cautious as well. So, okay. they, yeah. so they tested it on mice to make sure they didn't kill them. It doesn't kill a mouse. It's not we're not gonna kill me in small doses. I'm gonna slowly ramp up and see what it does.
0: Alrighty. Then. And they
1: had they had a lot more flexibility back then too. I mean, sure. this this chemist made Merck a ton of money. And uh, then he just was basically given a lab and allowed to do whatever he wanted for decades. So, okay, that's how how they rolled?
2: All right, so that's that's sort and of. Then they became evil Knievel. The... Okay. <laughs> that's
1: that was a different chemist. <laughs> Sorry,
2: <laughs> thrill seeker taking random. Never mind. Go on.
1: All right. <laughs> I thought
0: you meant literally. Evil Knievel was a chemist for. Lexus
1: so, at- <laughs> so, would be true, so right? after yeah. the government tried to use it in mind control studies um, okay. in the 50s 60s and into the 70s um it somehow gained um notoriety among the um uh counseling circles so it was actually being used um, therapeutically in psychotherapy sessions in the 70s um, and then from that got to be become a popular street drug party drug in the 80s and then the dea declared no, no more of this nonsense in 1985 and added it to their list of banned substances or controlled substances. And that was the end of it. Um, For 5, 10, 15 years, it slowly kind of came back around. There were people in very influential positions, uh, very serious scientists at Johns Hopkins and um, other Berkeley, other places, uh, that ended up getting into positions within the NIH and government, FDA, that ended up getting, um, they had used it Recreationally and therapeutically, and thought it would it had purpose, uh, benefit. Okay. So they ended up getting it greenlit for testing recently. Finally, it's a long struggle. So in 2017, the FDA granted MDMA a breakthrough therapy designation. So again, this is it got breakthrough therapy status, um, similar to uh, ketamine. Um, I think on a previous episode, did we do it? Yeah, we did. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah, also breakthrough. So that means that. Breakthrough means it's basically being greenlit. So that means you're, you're working hand-in-hand hand with the FDA on actually designing the trials in such a way that they're going to like them. Um, assuming that the results turn out, the trials, uh, you, you have basically an FDA uh, regulatory agent working with you very closely to make sure everything's done by the book.
0: So how does this work then for Pete, to bring it back to the, where we started, how does this Her, help for PTSD?
1: So they do this. They So they... The, there's a, a series of of three doses of MDMA along with psychotherapy. So there's trained psychotherapists. It's in a very controlled setting. There's a male and female psychotherapist in there, um, so two at the same time. Um, and then they, they guide you through this therapy session, and uh, the results have been astounding. Um So the how, we still don't know exactly how. Um, You mean chemically, what's going on? Yeah, not exactly, yeah. But the the way patients articulate it is, they're able to basically um, go – one analogy, one illustration by a patient that I recall was he was able to kind of go back and view his life sort of in like a narrative, like a literal book, and able to kind of – um, erase out stuff and, and maybe write in some different stuff and actually literally change the narrative of his life um, to, to come to sort of a, a place of harmony with his past uh, stress, with what had caused that trigger hmm. um, to, to be able to accept it uh, the phase, So it's now done clinical phase two studies. These have looked really good. 107 participants, average duration of PTSD by the participants was nearly 18 years. They've been suffering for nearly 18 years on average. Wow. Um, 61% no longer qualified for PTSD diagnosis two months following those just three wow. short sessions. Um, 68% no longer had PTSD after a year. So now it's entering phase three. Clinical trials very soon. So,
0: what what um, help me understand? What does PTSD typically look like? I, I imagine it's different for everyone, yeah. uh, or for most. But is there a, sort of a common thread that that goes through most PTSD sufferers, and what and how it kind of manifests itself?
1: Yeah, and feel free to chime in if you want, Joe. the The common thread um, that I'm aware of is there's some sort of some sort of stressor in your past that can be triggered. By just some sort of stimuli. So, for example, the, you know the, the kind of the classic case that, that we have, unfortunately, a lot of people suffering with in the U.S. were soldiers. Mm-hmm. Um, so, if there's a, a loud bang, even just like a, a backfire on a car or something, um, it can it can kind of bring them back then to the, maybe the uh, war zone where they're hearing gunfire, and then they actually can you you actually can almost you know, like literally feel like you're back there. Okay. Um, you almost hallucinate being back there. Um, in that situation, it's very stressful. So is that like the therapeutic effect?
2: It's sort of, you talked about viewing their lives as narratives and erasing parts. Is it, you're breaking the connection to the traumatic event or not breaking, I, you're diminishing?
1: Or? Yeah. So actually if you, yeah, you want to talk about how the, how it's working at a, on a, like a literal chemical level. Um, a lot of these psychoactive compounds do literally break and form new, um, Neuronal pathways. So this MDMA may be doing some of that. Quite literally, actually, but that Might would actually my be severing idea. connections and allowing you to in the, in real time build right. build That's new. That's why so therapy you, is important. Are so. you changing your yes.
0: memories then, or are you just changing the the emotion associated with the memory?
1: Yeah, all of these are, I think, are still very good, outstanding questions. Um, from what I've read, I, I don't think you're losing the memory. I think you're okay. changing the way that you that you handle it. Okay. Yeah, yep. if you talk about like therapy therapy is about remembering and processing
2: and so if you can sort of break the prior connection right and then process it again it's almost like that connection loses so much of the emotional charge right I mean something really traumatic happens you know and that, that that's like a searing emotional response to it that sticks with you you know that's set I mean that's like a, a established pathway if you have a pharmaceutical intervention that, you know uncouples it, kind of mirrored with, you know, very skilled efforts to sort of process it, that 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 makes sense why that'd be so effective. I am just yeah. wondering
0: if it if it turns that memory from just something that just yeah, it gives you you know anxiety to think about right versus now just becomes like oh i remember when i bought eggs yesterday you know just kind of becomes a sort of mundane kind of
1: memory that's my understanding yeah it was something that happened to me in the past and it shaped who i am now but it no longer has an impact on me now yeah it's
2: or at least less you know it's it's not like buying eggs but it's it's no longer mundane
1: Yes, yeah, so I want to shout out the Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Studies, or MAPS. They've really been pioneering a lot of this work. Uh, the 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 CEO founder Rick Doblin is, he has been hugely influential. Um, so this is a five hundred one c three or five hundred one c three yeah nonprofit. Um, I'm sorry, did you say what, what university is he with? So he's or not actually. So oh. this is just a it's a nonprofit organization. Oh, okay. um, I mean, these studies are ongoing in collaboration with places like Johns Hopkins. But, I see. Okay. Yeah. Okay um in Berkeley. Um, so maps owns uh, a a public benefit corporation which I thought was also interesting. I was I, I was unaware of public I benefit did, I don't, corporations. I think that's the
0: first it's, I've heard of it, too.
1: So this is a this is a new uh, maybe a relatively new designation of corporation that allows you to form a corporation um, and do things that corporations do like make a profit, but um, you're not beholden to shareholders to to do any by any, to increase that profit by any means. The The actual mission of your corporation is public good, not making a profit. So Mm. it's 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 interesting. Yeah, it's an interesting designation.
0: All right, so they got this. They're they're moving on to phase three. You said with this PTSD, they'll be moving on
1: to phase three. Yeah, and uh, the I had actually some interesting. I know we're going a little long, but some of the the patent. Position is interesting on this as well. They obviously they they're not eligible for composition of matter patent. They're not trying to come up with some sort of new analog. Right. Um, they're just using MD, MDMA that was discovered over a hundred years ago. So that that patents out. You can't right. get that anymore. Um, because they're doing this for the public good, they're not interested in trying to corner the market for PTSD for an application or a use patent. Um, so what they've applied for and gotten uh, permission from the FDA is something called a data exclusivity um arrangement so that allows them it's interesting that gives them a period in this case five years um to for the application of mdma on ptsd and it bans any any generics from entering the market and competing with them
2: yeah those are exclusive rights the fda can award that are independent of intellectual property a lot of times when so it's not really a patent then it's it's not a patent but it has the effect of a patent yeah so it's interesting um, like the the FDA is empowered for discoveries that are very innovative or discoveries that are particularly beneficial to an underserved population to reward applicants with these kinds of exclusive rights.
0: So why would a company that claims to be not in it for the money, why would they need this sort of protection? Oh,
1: be- well, because to date they've relied on donations and grants. Uh, they'd like to be able to be self-sufficient at least or self-sustaining. Yeah. So they, they're, sense. yep. So they they don't want to they're not interested in taking over the world uh, with a massive profit, but they want enough of a profit to keep the lights on.
2: You mean lacing water with ecstasy, so nobody wants to go to war? Yeah, yeah, they don't want to do that.
0: Well, all right. Are, are there any other applications for this for this MDMA? Or did I say right?
1: MDMA. Yeah. MDMA. Um. This is it's so it's I mean. Along with most other uh, psychedelics, you talk to anyone in the research field uh, in that area. um, They, I mean, they believe it could be uh, beneficial to a number of uh, psychiatric or mental disorders. So, depression, all sorts of things. They've all, at the moment, they're all kind of latching on to to one major disorder in order to facilitate the regulatory approval process and the hope i think down the road if you talk to rick doblin for example the hope would be that at some point this would just be decriminalized and even possibly legal
0: okay sounds good i think on that it's time to come back to ground on this one thank you for joining us Uh, we are sponsored by unimet the tech transfer office for the university of nebraska and we are broadcasting from the kvno studios at the university of nebraska at omaha so for tyler share and joe runge i am charlie Litton on the innovation overground